Merry Christmas. My name is Brad Watson, and this is the Saturate Podcast's Advent devotional called Preparing Room. This is a 25-day reflective journey through the themes of Advent, as well as the themes of being the people God called us to be, so I hope that you will enjoy it. Throughout this season, we've been pointing people to several of our Advent resources, and you can definitely check those out at saturatetheworld.com. As we approach the end of this series, and as we approach the end of this year, I want to point out another resource that I think can help people as they take what God has done in their lives in Advent and in Christmas, and then begin looking forward into the next year. It's called our Annual Planning Hopes and Dreams Guide. This helps you sit back and reflect on what has happened in the year that was, and also dream and plan towards the year ahead as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus. So I hope that you're able to take some time and look into that as well. And with that, let's dive into today's reflection. Loved from the beginning. One of my favorite Christmas memories came five years ago when Mirella, my wife, told me she was pregnant with our second child. I was overjoyed. I was amazed. I was humbled. When that daughter was born, we named her Maite, which means beloved. We named her that because it was something we needed to be reminded of that we are his beloved. It was an affirmation, too, of her identity. But mostly her name reminds us that she was born amidst God's clear and transformative love poured into our marriage and our lives. See, six years ago, amongst our missional community, in a meal that we regularly had, my wife and I shared something more honest than we ever had. We were somewhat nervous, but we were mostly relieved. We had just come out of the shadows, so to speak. Our marriage was in trouble, we were in trouble, and we told people about it. Six years ago was the night we told our community how bad it was and that we needed intense marriage counseling. The days leading up to this public confession of our mess were filled with interventions from fellow leaders and a painful conversation in which I asked my wife, have there ever been good times in our marriage? And she responded, some but they don't last long. She had been fighting for my attention for quite some time. Our marriage had endured lots of pain. We simply raced past. The loss of a parent, a deep financial hardship, the U.S. immigration system doing ministry in the core of a city that wanted nothing to do with the church. The bulk of our married life had been spent leading communities and doing ministry and planting a church and pretending to have a good marriage. This was our fourth missional community to lead when we made this confession. We had already sent out three communities. I had already led trainings on how to, quote, do missional community. This was the moment I finally felt like I belonged to a missional community. It was the first moment we truly asked something from anyone, from any community. We needed childcare. We needed funds for counseling. We desperately needed prayers. We spent the next year simply participating in this community. We weren't leaders anymore. Miguel and I have never been the same. That community was never the same either. This honest moment sort of ushered in a, a caring and a loving I had stopped expecting from those I was in community with. 
Looking back, I realized that I had finally become a burden and I'd finally become a brother to others. We sought the gospel together. Miral and I shared what we were learning from our counseling. People saw our marriage transform right before their eyes. Our community paid for months and months of counseling. They watched our daughter every week. They regularly asked what was going on. Beyond this, each couple examined their own marriage. Miral and my learning and growing was theirs too. Furthermore, it was in this season that I saw the power of simply pursuing love for God and love for one another and love for neighbor. Emboldened by counseling in my community, I began to share what God was doing in my life with friends and neighbors. Basically, in this sort of aw shucks, like, I guess I can't hide it anymore. I'm so messed up, but God is so good. And telling them about my mess, crazy things began to happen. Neighbors wanted to talk more about what Jesus was doing. They wanted to come to our church's worship gatherings. They, they wanted to hear how we saw God's presence in our mess. So, simple side note, when people ask me if missional communities work, I look back to this story and I say, yes, they do. This one was vital in nudging me to love God, love his church, and love my neighbors. But beyond all of that missional community stuff, that time in our marriage taught us both two remarkable things. We are a mess, and we are deeply loved. So we named our daughter Maite, or Beloved. Knowing the love of Jesus changed our marriage. You are loved. There's obviously a lot to talk about in regards to Christmas. There are a lot of logistics to figure out. But when we gaze at the child in the manger, the Savior born to us, I hope you will find the love of God. I hope he lands in your life. And that the Spirit reminds you that your name is beloved because he was born. I also pray that you walk into the frantic last days of Advent. And as you do, you take stock of the people he's called you to love and receive love from. And I pray that you would be a person who gets to know the love of God and embody and receive it from those who are closest to you. I know that this is a season of struggle in families and in marriages. And so I invite you to take stock of the people he's called you close to, your friends, your roommates, your neighbor, your spouse, and say, how is God loving me through this person? Because God came into this earth to love. Before you go, I just want to say a few things about a new resource that's come out recently called The Gospel Basics for Kids. It's an amazing resource that we hope that you'll check out. It's for preschool-aged children, and it guides these kids through discussions and story and music and crafts and illustrations and coloring sheets, 
all to introduce these young children to the important discipleship uh, realities of gospel, identity, rhythms, and essentially the way that we teach and train and disciple adults, we're doing it for kids because our children are not the disciples of the future. They're the disciples of today. And so go to saturatetheworld.com or amazon.com to learn more about the gospel basics for kids and get your copy.